guest appearance, Joe, I think before you joined the show, in which he explained uh, how rugby works to two people who didn't have a clue, like not nice. a clue. And, nice. and one of them is a PE teacher who should know it more. <laughs> well, I, but I don't know if necessarily playing rugby with elementary school kids might not be the most responsible way to, to handle a classroom. It doesn't fly nowadays. Yeah. It would back, <laughs> back in my day. Back in right. Day, right. We were allowed to with, beat with each other up. Men were men, right? And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did some pretty brutal things in gym class in, in elementary school. You know, we, we used to climb the rope, too, with, with no, like, safety anything. We, <laughs> yeah. like, climb so the rope happened, up to the rafters. What when they went tumbling down? No one, no one ever fell. It, it's amazing. And they would, set, <laughs> they would set mats, like, wrestling mats down, but they were yeah. only good if you fell from, like, three feet. It wasn't going to help you if right. you were, like, grabbing the rafter. But I was really bad at that, so I never had to worry about falling too far, but. Yeah, I remember the game where you just like you you hold hands in a row and different kids try to just bash through your arms. Oh yeah, yeah. They try to run through the line, yeah. yeah. And then did did you play the game of the like crab soccer where you like go back on all fours? I got hit in the yeah. head with that crab soccer ball so many times. <laughs> Three degrees, Joe. What is it what is it in Oregon? It was like 55 yesterday. I went out. It was in the backyard in shorts. Yeah, I mean, you keep, you keep... well, Dad still wears shorts. I was actually shocked. <laughs> he had on today. Yeah, yeah. I'm growing up. I'm growing up. Well, welcome to the very special Sports Plus show with Baker, Big D, Joe, Cornelius, Leah, and Margot. <laughs> this is a small village we have. Uh, so uh, how about Joe, you introduce yourself and then uh, Matt, and then we'll let our guests uh, introduce themselves. Um, Joe, I'm uh, Zooming, I guess, calling, Zooming uh, from Portland, Oregon, um, and uh, where I'm the only one apparently who's not under a foot of snow. And again, just uh, another reason to live out here. <laughs> it's so beautiful out there. It it really is. It's green. I mean, it, it's kind of gray and rainy right now. But it, you know, I it was it was fifty five degrees yesterday. I was outside in shorts. Yeah, we're three. We're three degrees. <laughs> yeah. Keep is it. that what it was this morning, Daryl? When you it was got three it. degrees, right? It's going up to twenty eight. Right? All right, all right. At least we're up there. so it's probably about ten now, actually. So, yeah. so Matt, go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm um, I'm here, Matt, back and better than ever uh, <laughs> here in Agawam. Uh, when does your school go on vacation? We have two days left. Um, I've got three days of PD next week. Three days, okay. Three of PD? Days. Yeah. Oh, yeah, kids my are God. Done. Drink so I got lots three of days of uh, remote PD. Drink lots of coffee. <laughs> coffee and Kahlua. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Margot is um, Ed's wife, and Ed does the estimable... Um, if I got that word right, Margo, um, <laughs> a nine volt heart on uh, Valley Free Radio. Yeah, so I'm here from Montague and I am a medical librarian. I work out of UMass Medical School. Now I'm working remote, but um, I might but bring also in. She, she yeah. has the same Homer disease that I have in that she <laughs> yeah. loves UMass basketball. Right, right, right. But so I have we're, very we're... many medical concerns right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're. Um, we're 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 uh, what you, reaching out to her as as our UMass uh, basketball expert, and you know there is a feeling that UMass is real good this year, so we will see. And then finally, um, I want to introduce my daughter Leah. Go ahead, Leah and Cornelius. Hey, Al. Uh, my name is Leah. My husband Cornelius is here too, and we are based out of Indiana, reluctantly. Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when, uh, I've been on the show like uh, two times before, uh, and I've enjoyed it. So I'm back here again. Yes, and, and Cornelia. <laughs> well, Leah was sort of a sports fan because her dad would watch 15 hours of basketball a day. So, in the Patriots, so she had really no choice but to sort of absorb it. Um, Margot, how did you become a sports fan? Well. 
I went to UMass, but I never paid attention to any of the sports at UMass. I graduated in 1985. And then when I moved down to North Carolina, I was down there for four years. And you have no choice but to- Yeah, you um, were in Chapel Hill, get right? in. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So. so you have no choice. I remember one time I, I'd taken my daughter out of high school to, for a dentist appointment, and we were downtown. And it was during March Madness and the Tar Heels weren't even playing, but every restaurant had the game on. So you can't avoid it. So when we came back to UMass, to Amherst, um, we started going to the game. So that was in 2008. Now, do you share um, your husband's hatred of my alma mater, Duke, as much as, um, and, and actually my daughter, Leah, too. You know? I, I don't yeah, have that me. same fire. Yeah. <laughs> With oh, it. wait a minute. So Matt's, Matt's, okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, Matt is, hates Duke. Joe, you hate Duke? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, so Cornelius, give me a break. Like, do you not hate Duke? No, I, I don't hate Duke. Thank you. Because yeah. he doesn't know about healthy, basketball too much, I don't think. It's a healthy, respectful display. Yeah, there's some respect in there. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, so where are we starting, Joe? Where are we starting? Uh, well, we got Margo. Let's start. I know. I know how enthusiastic yeah. you both are about about UMass basketball. So let's start there because everything else that I have to talk about today is just going to be me screaming about things. So maybe we start on a <laughs> on a positive so, note. So right. If so, if we talk about other stuff for a while, you'll only be able to vent for ten or fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, okay. I might need I might need more than that just for the college football situation. Right. But but now, you know, first off, Margo, do you think? So college football has had more than a few hiccups on the way to um, to playing its way out. Um, and uh, and then we have some cool stuff to talk about the bowl games, too. BC did a wonderful thing. But um, do you feel that the basketball season is going to happen? I have a lot of concerns. And <laughs> I... And I got more concerned when I saw the first um, game against Northeastern um, because I saw, you know, that there's been a lot in the paper about the masking and the bubbles and all of that. But when I was watching the game, um, the, <laughs> when Matt McCall went to yell at the kids, he, he, you know, he'd walk along the sidelines with the mask on. But when he went to yell at the kids, he pulled his mask down to yell at the kids. <laughs> And then, then the, the refs, now I understand they have to whistle, so you know they can't be wearing masks. Although I think what I was seeing at when they played at Northeastern is that the, some of the refs might have had a mask that they could. You know, that's interesting because football refs wear a mask and then yeah. the, the head um pulls it down to talk. Yeah. But um, I, you know, I've been watching basketball, but I haven't noticed if the refs are masked or not. Well, it's funny. I, yeah. I, I've officiated both football and basketball. And the thing they teach you in football officiating is to actually wait a second, give a pause after you think the play is over before you actually blow the whistle. Where in basketball, it's more critical to sort of have the whistle properly timed to blow that whistle immediately, especially mm -hmm. for out of bounds and foul calls. But in football, you're sort of trained to get, so that would actually be the perfect amount of time to wait, to have to pull okay. out the mask and put the whistle in your mouth. And they, they tell you too, to not, um, not run with the whistle in your mouth because it, it makes you blow the whistle too quickly. So you carry it in your hands. So. Um, Margo, were the refs masked in the game you just watched? Did you, did you um, notice? If the Northeastern, they were not. I mean, when Northeastern was at the Mullen Center, they were not. And then I would watch them like gather the kids together and yell at them, you know, or <laughs> explain because they have, the, you know, they have the music still going and I'm sure that's to help right. the kids get And they have, they, they have, do they have some crowd noise too? I didn't notice crowd noise, but the typical, they did the, you know, the, the, the voiceover, if you will, you know, saying, you know, Trey Martin or whatever, right, Trey, right. Trey Mitchell, not Trey Martin. Trey Mitchell, but, yeah. Um, but the, what really kind of ticked me off is that they gather the kids together and then they yell at them and then they had to look at a replay. And when the refs walked over to put their faces down in the iPad, they put their masks on you know so it's like i'm like what is this you know well, and it, I, it might be because the refs had to stand close together to look at the ipad but it seemed a little weird um you know i think in western mass we're seeing pretty good um uh mask use 
Although I do notice a lot of people with a mask not over their nose. Mm -hmm. which yeah, I've somewhat, seen uh, uh, Lee and Cornelius, how about in Indiana? Is there, when you're out and about on the streets, is our mask on everybody? Not necessarily everybody. I mean, the mask use is somehow uh, troubling. Uh, you do see that some people have it, but yeah, sometimes people don't. Well, I think the, the most concerning thing is like, yeah, the, the indoor dining, so that, that's that's the big which is still going on in, oh, in wow. Indiana. Yes, even with the high cases. Wow, Margot, are you going doing any any indoor dining? No, no, me neither. No, no. Matt, you going to yeah, any indoor? No, no. Uh, we we actually haven't. Uh, we we did a few outdoor dining in the summer. Um, we went to two restaurants at the outdoor, right. Outdoor that was dining, fun. But we haven't done any. <laughs> so I saw. I saw on uh, I saw a picture of um, this dining room table sitting in uh, four foot of snow with the snow sort of dug out, and then you know people sitting around it say we have outdoor dining. <laughs> All right, so Margo, um, yeah. so UMass, I mean, according to your husband, UMass is loaded this year. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I just don't know what's going to, what the impact of the um, pandemic is going to have on the kids, um, on their enthusiasm, on their, and we'll see what the, how the, the season progresses. But, you know, that the situation with Keontae Johnson was very distressing. I don't know if you watched any of tell, that. Tell us what happened. So, um, is, that's, now, is that a UMass player? Is he no, this Florida. is Florida yeah. State. Yeah. So oh, okay. the, the team had, had, you know, um, incidents of COVID over the summer, I believe, and um, and they won't identify who was sick, which I understand that. Yeah. But uh, he did at least one big dunk during a game last week, and then um, there was a timeout. And when it, they came out of timeout, he literally fell on his face on the floor. On the floor, and so he was uh, brought to the hospital. They did a medically induced coma for him. He's just come out of that uh, a day or two ago. So, um, you know, there's, I have a lot of concerns. About, was that, um, was there any reason to believe that was connected to COVID? Um, I, you know, that's what the conjecture is. I think his family is trying to protect his privacy. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I did pull an article from, that was published in July about the high prevalence of uh, uh, peri peri cardiac involvement in college student athletes as a result of COVID-19. And they were finding, they, they screened 54 athletes who the, the mean age was 19 and 85% of them were male. And uh, one in three showed uh, inflammation. Wow. So, oh, I'm getting, wow. my internet is unstable. So we'll see how oh, this okay. goes. Who, You're um, good. You're who was good. the pitcher for the Red Sox who opted out this year for that same reason? Uh, yes. Right. Uh, so Eduardo yeah. Rodriguez. And, and this, this so was, he had, he had, a, he couldn't participate at all. He had, yeah, I think Perry I, I had, I've been following this um, Florida story because it, it was, it was alarming. I actually saw the, a video of the, the clip of him fainting and, and just falling to the floor. It was frightening. Um, but they Ooh. said that the, the family is keeping things pretty close, understandably, um, with his medical condition. But uh, it was it's similar to the situation that that Red Sox pitcher was facing, which forced him to opt out. And, and you know, the trouble, the, right. the risk balance of these college kids doing it is, you know, you're in college and you're you, you have the mindset that you want to make it to the next level. You, you can't necessarily afford to, to sit. And that's unfortunate. You know, we're putting the college kids in situations where they shouldn't be risking all this, you know? Well, it's interesting. It's interesting. So high school athletics in Massachusetts, um, they have moved the season back. So basketball hasn't started yet. But the, they're coming out with rules, and the players in the high school basketball are going to have to be masked all the time. Now, when they get out of breath, they, they're going to have some breaks. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, they, they have to be masked during the whole game. 
hmm. running up and down the court. So, uh, all right, Margo, go back. So Trey Mitchell, for anyone not yeah. familiar, is it was the rookie of the year in the A-10, which was a big deal for UMass. He had really great numbers. And he started, was, was Northeastern their third game or? No, or that was four? their first. No, that was their first game. Okay. Yeah. And so he's, he came, got close to 40 points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's quite a player. He's got an outside shot um, and uh, he's, he's a rebounder. And, uh, you know, he's quite a good player. He's got good moves inside. Uh, yeah. He's a lot, a lot of fun to watch. So who else should we pay attention to on UMass? Well, I mean, there's this whole uh, cadre of, of folks, of students from Woodstock. And I think that's an interesting development. Um, I think, you know, they've all learned basically the same style of play. So we'll see how that, uh, how that. And I think they also play together a lot, like in the AAU circuit mm -hmm. so that they're they're experienced teammates yeah right and Garcia got a lot of attention too for his um do you think they're going to be a winning team oh I think there definitely can be a winning team yeah absolutely so one, one other question about McCall and this is going to sort of so um uh one of the things we talk a lot about with Matt is uh, sort of players determining where they want to go and switching schools and switching and and you know there are like right now James Harden doesn't want to play for Houston anymore and um so I've always been curious why McCall has such a high turnover every year he really is only what is it been third year maybe or something right right but right. basically every year six or seven players leave I mean that that might be part of why he's going so strong with the Woodstock kids to kind of keep them there um and I think he's still trying to, he's a young coach, you know, I think he's still finding his way. Um, so I think it's, it's like early in the game for him, you know? Yeah. That's so a, it's always an alarming good. sign though, when, when so many players are turning over, but I mean, I agree in, in a coach's first few years, they're still trying to establish what their culture is, what their practices are like. And there's going to be players that come in that aren't necessarily a good fit, but that's, that's something I would keep a very, very close eye on. If that continues to happen, then he's not going to last very long. Mm. Right. So this got it. He's got a nervous temperament when you watch him, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's coaches that holler at, at their players, but he's just kind of, he's, he's, um, he's nervous. Does and he that, remind you of Calipari? Calipari, you know, he had those expensive shoes and he would tap, 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 tap as he, you know, walked angrily up and down the, uh, the sidelines. Does he remind you of Calipari at all? And yeah, I get, I mean, he's a good, he's, he's a little guy, McCall is, you know, he's yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, Calipari was unknown when UMass snagged him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's uh, it. Good. That's good. Now, Joe. <laughs> um, so I guess you're going to get to rant earlier. So, is, <laughs> so like, has college football been successful in doing its season? Apparently, January first, they're going to have um, playoffs, top four. Um, and, and also, what do you think is going to happen with basketball? Is it going to be similar to what's happened to football? Worse? Better? I mean, They're not I guess, in bubbles. Nobody's in bubbles. It, it depends on how you want to define success. I mean, there were 100 and something college football games canceled. 500 and something were played uh, as of right now. There have been 12 bowl games canceled. There's still 33 scheduled. Um, 15 teams have opted out of bowl games, including Boston College, who sort of led the led it. And then there's been this cascade of teams since then. I, I mean, is it a success that half the Pac-10, Pac-12 isn't playing in bowl games because of COVID? Is is it a success because the NCAA said, well, the six-win limit is out the window for bowl games this year, so two and five Michigan state is going to be in a bowl game. No. Is, is, is it a success because LSU gave themselves a, a bowl ban, even though they were three and five at the time and weren't going to make a bowl game anyway. I know this is season's been a, a complete, what's the, what's the word 
Uh, it's from some movie, uh, Travis Sham Mockers, Travis Sham Mockersty. It's a travesty, a sham, a mockery, and a travesty all in one. But that's that's what this football season has been. And I I don't expect the basketball season to be any different if they're sort of making the same decisions to push through no matter what the disease numbers are, no matter what the what's happening on campuses, no matter what's happening in the rest of the country. Uh, I I can see how you're alarmed as a coming from the medical realm, Margot, and trying to justify, you know, your our sports fandom and our, our desire to watch these games with the reality of what's going on. It's just, it seems foolish. I, I don't know. I, I know why we're trying. It's because of that. But I, I think if they want to play a college basketball season, just put every college basketball team in the tournament played in one played in, in mm. four locations till it gets down to 64 teams. Just do it all in one six or eight week period in February and March. I, I don't know why we're trying to do this right now. Well, yeah. and that's, I'll go, I'll go with a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. For what? Not, I, not for pro football, right? Pro football's not a dumpster fire? Well, so here's it for me personally. Uh, there's a difference between a professional athlete and a collegiate Okay, athlete. true. So let's stay on college right? then. Yeah. Um, and so just from a co- the college standpoint, though, I, I agree and, understand, and, and agree with what Joe was saying. And, but I, I, I don't have the answers for this. There must, I'm sure there are some people in, you know, college presidents, athletic directors, head coaches, even who would say the season is a success. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I'm, there, there, there are some people who would say that it is. And, and I'd be curious to see, you know, if we had a crystal ball, what would college in general what would schools look like if there wasn't revenue coming in from their sports and what would that mean for just you know a kid on an academic scholarship next year I mean I don't know actually Cornelius and Leah made like at Purdue I don't know what that would look like but unfortunately the way the system the way it works is because of the money that's produced in large part because of sports. I wish that wasn't the case because I don't it, agree it with that. It comes down to anything. broadcast revenue. But that's the, yeah, that's you know, the like if, if, if ABC wasn't able to, you know, if college game day wasn't aired every week, there that's a lot of money. And, and I wish that wasn't the case again. But so I, I think there would be some people who would say, it was success. They got through it. Um, it. It is a dumpster fire. It is a trav tram. <laughs> it, it is that. It is a joke. There's it's there's no resemblance of an actual fo- uh, football season. Like you said, two and five Michigan State. Did the game last night uh, what was it a three and two Oregon? Yeah. Ha- yeah. Were, were, were the backups for the Pac-12 championship because Washington got caught, you know, so nothing, you know, if, if you said it would only be a success if it looked like last year's season, then absolutely not. But, you know, so I don't know. I don't think though it's in the best interest of some of these college kids to be playing their sport. Again, it, it's well, not professional. Let's, uh... the, the college kids yes there are some who will benefit from it because they get to play and and hopefully if they can stay healthy and they you know improve their draft stock you know some kids would benefit but the majority of the people who are benefiting from this is the the universities and the money and and they're doing that on the backs of these college kids and you know hopefully uh what was uh Travion was the Florida kid. Hopefully he's, you know, hopefully there's not another story like that because that was not a good look for college basketball. Um, Leah and Cornelius, fill us in on the Purdue situation. I mean, so far they they, they had a few games on campus. 
Um, but so to say the whole year, what, what Purdue has done with, you know, because like UMass decided not to bring many students back. Purdue went in a different way. Yes, so Purdue decided to bring in a student uh, on campus, uh, but there were some classes that were in person, but a lot of the classes were still uh, virtual. <laughs> so even though they brought all, all the kids back to school, but then only a few classes were in person. So, but they, they had testing going on throughout the, the semester. And uh, honestly, I, I think that they looked out that the, you know, was it UNC that opened and then had to close down yeah, like yeah. That, that first week. So I think that scared a lot of the students into to complying with a lot of the rules that, that otherwise they would have seen that early outbreak that they were able to stop. But when you but walk- they made the weird decision too. They were, had canceled college football season and then they reneged on that and decided to have it and I don't know for me I didn't pay attention to to the games at all I just noticed around campus you started to see you know kids lining up outside of bars at 8 a.m wearing masks but you know yeah. are, I didn't are, I didn't really get it <laughs> are, are you able to get tested on campus Yes, for staff and students, uh, the testing was uh, freely available for uh, most of the semester. If you had uh, symptoms or initially, and then after that, they said it was available even if you didn't have symptoms. And then now, also for like spouse of staff or student, is also available. So there, there was that progression of uh, making it available for everyone. So. I'd like to say something about BC because I like what they did. So they had a new coach, football, and um, they had really for them a successful year. I think they were six and five. And so they clearly, if you're two and three you, and, and in the bowl game, they could have been in a bowl game. And after they finished their last game, the players decided that they were through, that they did not want to go to a bowl game. And I really admire that uh, because they had, a, you know, they had a, a really good year under their first year coach. So they, you know, they could have been, but um, I thought that was a good move on BC's part. Yeah, and it was for a, a stated noble reason. He wanted his, his players to be able to be home with their families. And it's, you know, it makes sense in a, in a year that everything's disrupted, they may as well. And they were, and since then, there have been 14 other teams that have opted out of bowl games, including about half of the Pac-12, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Virginia, Virginia Tech, a lot of big programs and there there will certainly be more in the next week or so but we'll see now there's a playoff game to, for the fourth person in the top four playoff is it ohio state or no, is it a, well no there's clemson and notre dame that are playing clemson the, and notre dame right? they're but they're playing in the acc championship and they've already played so again i don't know what you do if if notre so, dame if notre dame wins right. clemson will have two losses did you still let him in? Does it? Does this game even matter? If it doesn't really matter, why are we playing? Why are they playing it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So it's a, it is a crazy situation in college now. With um, my daughter, an economist, and Margot, a uh, intelligent librarian. What what do you? So one of the things we've talked about a lot is the free labor that college athletes. Um, you are used are used for to produce lots of revenue for the colleges, and this is why we're seeing these seasons try to happen is strictly for the revenue from um, TV. It's not because there's nobody in the stands. Um, do you think? And you know, and then people can say, well, college students, college athletes usually get a free ride, which is true, but. Um, what do you guys think about, uh, should they be compensated? Oh, com well, beyond compensated, I think they need to have top-notch medical care. They need to be going through appropriate screening um, to make, protect their literal, their literal hearts. <laughs> we need to be protecting their hearts, you know, and, and. As I understand it, they only get medical thing while they're on the team. If they get kicked off the team, they lose their medical. Yeah, I, I don't know the details of that, but I know that, um, so. This, this study that that showed that um, these athletes, like one in three of them, were showing inflammation. Is that it, they had mild COVID or some it, um, 
66% of them had mild COVID and, and, and a third of them were asymptomatic, you know, so we can't assume they need to be not only tested to see, can I play the game, but we need to be, if, if we're making money off of these kids, we need to be uh, making sure we're providing adequate care. It almost reminds me of what we all owe our veterans. You know, we owe them care. And, um, and the other thing is you can't just, I mean, these kids want to play. And I had um, a, da a daughter who was a high school athlete. And I just knew from watching those kids during high school, when kids get injured and they have to sit out games, it crushes them. And so, it, and there's like, like literal depression and things that happen when kids can't play. And so I do think that we need to be taking, we can't say, are, you know, are you okay to play? <laughs> because they're gonna wanna play. Okay. Um, but we, we owe them a lot more than what I think we're giving them. Absolutely agree with that, yeah. Yeah, and I'll just reach back to my days working on antitrust cases and say, I am always skeptical when you have organizations that are huge and have multiple, you know, competing objectives. So I would say break up sports and universities, but I won't, I won't start, I won't start off a firestorm on that. No, no, start, no, start, yes. No, when, when no, you talk run, about run, standing in a dumpster fire, you can't, you can't, you know. Run, run so, down that road, Leah. I will run down yeah, that road yeah. right beside you. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, do why can't we do it the way they do it in Europe, where sports are there for enrichment and physical, you know, development and and camaraderie, and not to earn a, a billion dollars for the NCAA? It's yeah. And Leah, you know, from listening to the show, the NCAA is one of our favorite, um, you know, punching bags, and for with good reason. This is right up there with FIFA. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, Matt, what do you think? Should college students, college athletes be compensated? Yeah, and, and Margo, I think you you were spot on. I agree with everything you said. It, at this point now, what we need to be doing is is really caring for the kids that the NCAA, the universities, they're exploiting more than ever really now and like you said if you ask a college kid do you want to play their answer is going to be yes it, it is I, you know it, they, they want to play and, and you know even if you told them you're there's going to you're going to be sick there's going to be a problem they're all right i'll take my chances and and you know we should be giving them not just care after you get sick but proper screening and, and like you said the, the the inflamed heart is is scary so I, we should be doing a better job caring for these ncaa athletes who are risking a lot for other people's benefit um well leah leah you'd be proud of me um because i bring up statistics every uh time and so a lot of them are meaningless statistics like this is the first left-handed bowler that scored a perfect game on a Friday ending in twos or something like that. You know, those kind of statistics. But this one is actually kind of meaningful. The Patriots, since 2002, have been 218 and 67. And the second best team is the Steelers at 184 and 99. So the Patriots over um, a long period have been 34 more wins than the second best team. Um, and of course, uh, my fellow hosts are happy to rub it in my face now that the Patriots are a losing team. Um, but so there's my statistic, and I would count that as a meaningful one today. Well, um, the one, one I want to throw on top of that is this is the first, they've won 11 division titles in a row. This will be the first time in 11 years that somebody else is going to win that division. And even then, right. there was one, I think Miami won in 2008, and then the Patriots won the six or seven even before that. So this has before been before that, yeah. It, 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 no, it's been quite a, run, yeah. quite a, quite a haul. Um, now, the, I do want to give a shout out too to Sarah Fuller the female kicker for um, Vanderbilt, who hit two point after uh, touchdowns. So she became the first female athlete to score a point in a power five football game. So here's the Sarah and she's like, she's a cool person. 
Yeah. Yeah. It seems really, really bright. And I hope, you know, I hope this vaults her to something else, either athletically or, or professionally or academically, but I mean, it, it's all the, 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 stay off of Twitter if you want to continue to feel good about this, because some of the things that she's had to deal with online is just, it's disgusting. All right. So, so where are we going now? Where should we go now? Do do we want to talk about the Travis Shamocracy from MLB this week? Yeah. You wanted to talk about that. That, That's interesting. Yeah. I want to scream about this because. Wait a minute. You're talking about how the Indians are dropping their name. Not next year, (laughs) but the year after. No, no, no. Beyond that, the um, the MLB on it was middle of the week, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday, announced that they were going to recognize the Negro leagues as major leagues, and oh, not, and well, not, that sounds good. That and sounds not, good, right? But not all the Negro leagues going back to eighteen whatever, just the ones that competed in the twenty, I think, from twenty three to forty nine or fifty, like the big league, the Negro National League, the Negro American League. There were they're officially seven, but some of them only played a season or two. So there were essentially three, two major leagues, and then a couple smaller ones that played for a few years that they're now recognizing. But recognizing can mean a lot of things, right? Just like success in a college football season can mean a lot of things. Recognizing in this for this purpose means they are counting those statistics as major league baseball statistics. So Satchel Page gets a bunch more wins and you know, all these, these teams get actual championships. What doesn't happen is that the, I think, I want to say 3,000 or so players don't get, their states are not going to be given major league pensions. They're not going to get any benefits, any of the financial benefits of having been major leaguers. So essentially this does nothing. And even funnier, it doesn't even, they're not even counting all the statistics because so many of the games were exhibitions or barnstorming that, you know, Josh Gibson by most accounts has more than 900 home runs, but they're only crediting him with 700 or 685 or 735, not enough to pass Barry Bonds. So even that, like the most meaningful statistic, they're not even honoring that. And so it's just, this is the ultimate example of exactly what we see with the NCAA where you've got a, the top of the pyramid, the six white people at the top of the pyramid are trying to appear benevolent by granting something (laughs) that has no value, has no value to any of these people. And I just, the fact that they're breaking their arms, patting themselves on the back for this, it was, it was in, in a year full of crappy things coming down from above. This was, it was, a, it, was a, it was a very apt capper to this year. Just, just so, in other words, the, the major league is recognizing the Negro leagues, but the only thing that it's benefiting them is they'll, they'll now be in Cooperstown, the Hall of Fame. Well, the players are in the Hall of Fame anyway. There's plenty of, of Negro League players that have made the Hall of Fame, mostly through the so Writers what's Association. The, what's the benefit if the you benefit- were a, a, a Negro League player or the descendant of a Negro League player? What benefit did you just get? I can now say that I played in the major leagues. That's that's your benefit. Oh, the benefit to me it's it, it's a headline grab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a headline grab. It's 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 a publicity sham Because Joe, you're right. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to claim to recognize a league as major league um then you do it and and you give the individuals in their estates the proper pension the proper um financial compensation that every other player is awarded uh so you know i i i agree it it seems like just more of a um headline grab than really anything well and and i think Go ahead, Grenada. Yeah, yeah for, for me, when, when they talk about recognition, I thought maybe there's going to be some financial compensation to, to recognize, but I heard that it's just only just putting names there. So it, they just want to do that to just feel good. It's not an actual recognition. And I, it's not that I expect them to actually make those payments. When you're talking about, you know, 50 years, 50 to 80 years of payments for thousands of players, it's not financially just would not be feasible 
without disbanding the major leagues, but then don't this, this thing is just sort of a, a empty gesture. It's just doesn't, doesn't have any meat behind it. And, and again, like you said, Cornelius, it's, it's being portrayed as this big benevolent move and it doesn't, uh, oof. this just <laughs> gives me the squickies. The squickies, a new word. Boy, I'm learning all these new words today. This is great. Um, so now, a weird thing is in this whole pandemic. So, you know, Matt. Well, and hold I, on, Daryl. Are you moving? Are you moving off baseball? Well, uh, no. Go ahead. You want to contribute? Well, I'll, I'll, I, I'm curious to see ahead. if if we can get a, the a panel reaction because we have a panel today. I love <laughs> it. Uh, if we can get the the panel reaction to the the Cleveland baseball team now. And, and changing the name, what our thoughts are on that. And what about the Washington footballers or whatever they're called? The Washington football team. I, I, I'll start. I, I get. I, I'm on board. I, I think the Washington football team is well overdue. Um, I'm less. Cleveland Indians didn't bother me necessarily. Um so, I mean, I, they, they got rid of their mascot a few years ago. Uh, was it Chief, Chief Wahoo? Chief Wahoo, Wahoo yeah. Yeah, so they, they got rid of the, the – Are you still the, on the hat, the though, mascot. I think? No, no, no. the logo's gone. No. Yeah. Okay. No, the logo was gone two years ago or a year ago or, or something like that. Um, and the name, did, it, it never bothered me, but um, I'm just curious to hear everybody else's opinion. Margo, what do you think? So are they are they going to go without a name? Well, I don't know. They have a whole year. So they're going to be the Indians next year. Although mm. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it was funny. The A lot of um, announcers had, when the Redskins were still called the Redskins, had a lot of problems saying the Washington Redskins. They wouldn't do it. They would say the, the Washington yeah. football team. So I wonder if people are yeah. going to do this with the Cleveland baseball team. Um, but so they're going to another year of being the Indians and then it's going to disappear. So I assume that unlike Washington, they'll figure out a new name. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think it's time to move on I, it, locally. The high school, my daughter went to high school in Turner's Falls and they were the Indians and there was, it was a, it was a difficult thing to, for the town to deal with, but now they're the thunder, you know, and I, I, I do think that, that, um, some kind of name or something to rally around is important, but I do think it's time to move on um, from the, the Indian. Um, and, and, you know, and the local people were saying the same thing a lot of folks say is that, you know, we view Indians as, as warriors and we're doing this to honor them, you know, but it, it's just like what your intent is doesn't matter right. <laughs> the matter what matters is the impact well, on it was like the, the florida so. state seminoles and their tomahawk chant which i guess they do they still have that do they didn't i think they've tried to officially ban it but the fans do it anyway yeah. I think that's yeah. been the, yeah. the yeah. they're still the seminoles right yeah i think it, it's still yeah. their nickname yeah lee and Corn yeah but I, I think i think the seminole tribe is involved yeah. like don't they have folks kind of ride out and yes. and, and support that well and i think the with the blackhawks too this is kind of the same thing is happening and they may end up being the last one because i think with that specificity you can sort of hold a better claim to it being a tribute than you can if you just call yourselves the braves or the chiefs or the indians or or whatever no the braves haven't changed though right there no, but the Braves and the Chiefs, I, I've in, from the latest developments, is that they're considering doing the same thing. And I think, you know, it, it's again, it, it involves a lot of work by marketing people to do this. So I think it, it's not going to happen at the pace I want it to. I don't know why the Washington football team had to play a whole season with no no logo and no nickname. I. I feel like they could have come with all the money they make they could have come up with something but i understand the the deliberation because these are things like margo said even at a high school level people have really really deep attachments to these mascots and it's silly but it's it's the way it is lee and cornelius you want to weigh in on that no okay <laughs> i mean i i thought everything everyone said makes a lot of sense i don't i think it's time to move on okay um now and uh, 
Cornelius, before I go to a, a new topic, um, do you have anything to report on South Africa rugby or anything down there? Is it, are, are sports happening in South Africa? Well, uh, they, they had the, the guidelines to say what, what sports they'll have depending on the transmission rate. And uh, so far, I mean, a lot of things did open. I think even for, uh, I was paying more attention when the rates were still high, but then the rates went way low and then I stopped paying attention. So I think- So right now, South Africa is in good shape, COVID-wise? Yes, it, it was until like maybe two days or three ago okay. that the, the rates are starting to creep back up. So the, the president came and spoke a little bit. They even introduced a curfew, but that's like 10 p.m. And uh, but besides that, the COVID virus has been under control, and a lot of sports has been allowed. So the um, yeah. So <laughs> so what I was going to say was so with Matt and I, you know, when COVID started, which was what uh, for us February March. Um, in March. I guess March, yeah. And all of a sudden, all the sports, I think, was it NBA that started it? And then everybody kind of followed? Basketball, um, yeah. Well, I, I actually, I think, um, did the NCAA, did they uh, can their conference championship and, and the NCAA? Right, the March they, Madness. They, they the canceled March Madness first, and then, like, you know, a day or two later, I think, the NBA, and then okay. baseball. And so... So anyway, so here we are running a sports show in which there's no sports. <laughs> and we somehow filled up the hour and, and, you know, had no problems. But now all of a sudden, there's a richness of, of, of sports to watch if you're a basketball fan like me. But I must say I have a different feeling toward it. I have much less attachment and interest to it. And so I'm sort of curious about everybody's view on on sports in this time you know is it something that interests them or have their interests gone down a lot like so for margo like are you just as involved with umass basketball as most years yeah I, it's just i i have all these conflicted feelings <laughs> because it, it it does bring me joy to watch watch them play you know, I, but at the same time, I'm, I'm worried about their health, you know, so that, um, and, and we're, um, you know, Ed and I are Red Sox fans too. And so it was great once uh, they were able to play in the summer, we started, we're radio listeners. So we would listen to the games on the radio and, and there was a lot of talk, uh, you know, among the, the announcers about what it was like to call the games under these circumstances. And so it was another thing where I felt like we were in this together, you know, with Red Sox Nation. And so, um, but I'm feeling less comfortable with the, with the college situation, I have to say, because these, you know, they're young, these kids are young. Well, for me, I mean, I, I, because my local teams, the teams I grew up rooting for, the Yankees and the Giants, when I moved up here to Mass, I really stopped seeing games live. Um, you know, I don't, I haven't been to Yankee Stadium in maybe four or five years, haven't been to Giants Stadium since they really built the new stadium. I went to one game that first year. So my sports experience is the same. You know, I, I enjoy watching games from my couch. I love listening to baseball on the radio. Um, it is a sport made for radio. Yeah. So, you know, my, my love or, or desire to, to watch or listen to sports, it hasn't really, you know, been affected too much. Um, I do. I, I miss not being able to go to UMass basketball games with my father-in-law this year. Cause that's, you know, we usually go to a few games. Um, but, you know, so it, it really hasn't changed. I, I don't feel uh, uh, that I'm a stronger sports fan because I had to go a few months without it. You know, I, I still, it, it hasn't really affected me one way or another. Joe, are you watching sports or? I mean, I'm kind of with Margot in that it's really, really hard to watch college sports. I have not watched a minute of college football all season, and I don't think I, I will watch, and probably won't even watch the playoff. 
I don't know. I mean, college basketball is probably my favorite thing to watch of, of, of anything. And I don't know. I mean, I'm certainly not watching any of this, this, you know, early season stuff. I would love to see a, a 200 and whatever team tournament. I would watch every minute of that. I, I 100% with you, Margo, the fact that we're doing this to these kids. And again, remember these are 19 year old kids without compensation, you know, if they get, sick, compensation. they get sick and without even an adequate safety net for them, for their careers or for their immediate health, you know, even for the, we're not offering them anything for the risk we're putting them at just being in a locker room or being on a court competing and it's the things that we ask of these kids in return for what they what we give them it's disgusting so it's it's harder for me to for my conscience to watch college sports absolutely like we've talked about over the the past few weeks there's a difference between an 18 million dollar a year best nba player and a a umass you know seventh man on that umass team who's never going to make the nba I don't know. It, I'm not watching any more NFL than college football, though. So I don't know that that's necessarily. I think when we went without for so long and basketball and hockey came back, it, it, it there was there was enough of a deprivation there to get me really, really into it. Right. And I know that when the NBA gets back into full swing, I'll watch. But there, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to take the first month and a half of the season off anyway. So I, there's, again, this and the is, Lakers is have good. improved, right? Didn't they, didn't they have yeah. some significant players? Um, so have the, so have the Blazers and it's going to be a really, really interesting season. They could easily be a, a two or three seed now, depending on how, how the Clippers go. Does anybody want to venture when crowds will be back in the, uh, in the stadiums? Now, I mean, I guess that's, it's already happening some places that there is sort of socially distanced crowds. But, uh, you know, is it, it – I don't think it could happen before next summer. Well, Cornelius, that would be my question for you. It, this past season in South Africa and soccer, and they have a pro basketball league in South Africa too? Uh, no, they, no, there's no pro basketball. It's mainly uh, soccer, rugby, and others. Basketball is mainly – Cricket, right? You guys have cricket? Yeah. 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 So, so, so did the, the did they play sports, in front of crowds? There's no, there's no crowd. Uh, it's only the the sports team, the camera crews, TVs, and whatever. But yeah, no, no, no fans. Smart, you're smarter than we are. So it's weird too because I watched um, a, a few minutes of Boston Celtics playing Brooklyn Nets, who appear to be a superior team, and. Um, you know, basically, they the Nets were beating the Celtics by 30 or 40 points. Um, but And it was a game in Boston in an empty arena. But the crowd noise made you – that they were playing made it sound like there was a bunch of people there. It was, it was you know, it was quite weird, the crowd noise. Um, I mean, I guess it would be really weird without it. But I, – I, I hate the fake crowd noise, you guys know that. Did you see Kyrie Irving – cleansing the court with sage before yeah. the game did you see this clip uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, this is the funniest <laughs> if, if people out there haven't seen this google kyrie irving sage boston garden and doesn't kyrie have some native american background in his in his heritage i think he may i don't know i, I thought know. that because it was a native american burning of sage uh, yeah, he he walked around the court, did a full lap around the court with the burning sage, and then put it out in this giant clamshell. It was it was straight out of like Survivor. It was it was very primitive, <laughs> very primitive yeah. thing to see on a on a basketball court. He said he wants to try to do that for every game this year. Oh wow! I thought it was just I thought it was just to erase the the bad juju from his time in Boston. I thought no, he, he wants it to continue for the whole year. We, we talked about this last week. Kyrie's an interesting dude. Uh, you know, I don't know how else to put it, but I, I did see that clip and, you know, he's an interesting dude. Now, I will say that it was really wonderful to see Kevin Durant back because he has a genuine smile on his face. You can tell that this is a, a supremely talented and, and, a, and a fine person. So his smile was very contagious. And it was his first big injury too. First, first of his life, I think really going back to high school. So it's a tough thing to, to deal with as a, as an athlete, especially when you're at, at that, at that, at the point he was at in his career, it was, 
hopefully not catastrophic to his career. I'd like to see him come back as strong as he was. So, but anyway, the whole thing was, so there was no sports. And now, like, so professional basketball is starting in a week, real games. And, you know, the, and Christmas, they're going to be on TV. And that's sort of why they, the owners kind of forced the players to agree to come back that early so that they can get a number of games in. And so they wouldn't lose that Christmas day crowd, sort of just like football has a big Thanksgiving day crowd, you know? Um, so there you go. We got three minutes to go. And we, Oh, Joe auto racing. Come on. You haven't given us any auto racing information. Se- seasons are over, but more or oh, less, shoot. you know, the, the f- formula one and oh, come on formula one ended last week and there's all sorts of off season driver shufflings happening, but most of the, it's all dormant now until, till February and March. So you got a couple of months uh, without listening. So Margo, to just like um, uh, Kyrie Irving got in trouble for apparently calling the media pawns. I got in trouble for disrespecting uh, auto uh, drivers. Yeah. So I've I've been straightened out. <laughs> um, well, there you know there, there is you know of of note and is, again if this were in basketball everyone on earth would know this guy's name but Lewis Hamilton just won his seventh championship he's tied for the most Formula One championships he's absolutely dominated the last ten years in in Formula One and he's he's the only black driver in any of the major auto racing circuits other than uh, Bubba Wallace, who, you know, we've, we've talked enough about over the, over the past year, but this is a guy who does millions of, of dollars of charity work a year. And it is just, is a, the perfect statesman for any sport. And he gets almost no recognition on a national scale for, for his athletic achievements. He's starting to get it for some of his, philanthropic achievements and his, his community work, which I, I love to see. But if, if you want to do some, do some Googling, look up the videos of him speaking after he clinched the championship a couple of weeks ago and the things he, he had to say about all the, the steps that are still to be taken. And he, he's really a, an in, really an inspirational figure. So if you don't know anything about him, look into him, a British guy, brilliant driver, really, really smart, caring, caring guy. Um, One other, you know, and Matt and I made this sort of vow to not talk politics when we first started the show, but boy, COVID took that, took care of that. Um, But so now uh, teams are announcing that champions are now going to visit the White House. (laughs) So... (laughs) So on that note, we'll drag it to an end. And uh, it was really fun, like you said, Matt, having a panel. It's not often that yeah. we have and, – and having diverse views, too. It was, it was really good. Now, Leah, you didn't get to put in too much, but uh, you want to say anything in closing? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'll, just say, I'll just say, never believe my dad when he's <laughs> – they, they know, Wait, never, they know ne- that. Never believe him when he says what, Leah? Sorry, I didn't catch the last part of that. You won't talk politics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's it. Thanks a lot for listening to Sports Plus with Baker, Big D, Margo, Cornelius, and Leah. And see you next week. Are you, are you sticking around for a few more weeks? Yeah, we rented an Airbnb. We also we adopted two kittens a few months ago. <laughs> oh, nice. So we wanted to bring them with us. So we found an Airbnb that would let us uh bring them and so we're there for five weeks yeah so we've been there for two we were able to get covid tested at umass which was nice so oh nice that that what um what is at indiana what are they doing for next semester oh they that they're bringing people back again i mean in person so yeah uh same thing uh well yeah but uh, I'm I'm still gonna be teaching online I'm not doing any in person yeah stuff. so I think like eighty percent of classes were remote yeah yeah uh, how many students are actually on campus it's it's a lot because thirty thousand yeah whoa ugh. yeah I mean ugh. almost everyone who is in the U S in fact I think the past semester was even better because people can choose not to for a spring semester you have to provide a reason that that says you can't come through. So they're saying you need to have a valid reason. 
Well, wow. it, it seems silly if if all of my classes are online. Why am I? Why am I? Why? Why can't I do it from? Yeah, but I. Uh, is it really uh, worth it? How many? How how effective is extra revenue from housing if you're going to kill ten percent of your students? Yeah. Uh, so in a way, they do force you because they do for each and every discipline they do put something in person. So they they, uh, they try right, to. So you have one lab. Yeah. That you're supposed to. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's nonsense. Um, I feel like all universities they should have you know said, hey, if your if your life is a lot better being on campus, knowing you'll be in isolation, you can come. Right. Right. We'll give you a private room. You know, but like let people whose parents can give them a nice place to stay, and yeah. or who will even rent an apartment for them or whatever. Like just let them what they want to do but yeah right because educationally you know there's really no reason why almost every college class can't be taught online it's a lot different for for matt and your dad who have you know eight-year-olds are trying to teach and you can't corral an eight-year-old in front of zoom for six hours a day but it's it just seems haphazard and we've talked about this too like we keep all these institutions keep making all their plans two weeks at a time instead of just saying we're going to be closed until January 1st. If everyone had done that in the fall, just said we're going to do a semester, you know, like you said, I think allowing kids to come on to campus who don't have a stable home situation, who don't have a safe place to be in general at work. Yeah. 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 But it's just, this is, yeah. Well, and like Matt, like you said, it's the answer to everything is, is, just, just revenue and I just the, the money drives it so I gotta go tell Jill take care of the kids Cornelius Leo it was great to see you again yeah, be well again. be safe uh, Daryl we'll see you uh, next week